When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the point after on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. Inside the DVE studios, welcome to the After Point. I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley to take you through the Steelers' first loss of 2020. Coach Tomlin, guys, said throughout this process the team was not perfect, but their record was. That is not the case anymore. The Steelers falling to the Washington football team, 23-17, to blowing a 14-point lead. And today, Billy, Coach said, if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win in that game. I, I feel like once that happened, when they had a chance to punch it in there, you just felt the the atmosphere, um, maybe the mood of the team, everything just started to go downhill from there. Yep, no question about it. Um, if you can't get a yard, I agree with Tomlin. Uh, when you average a yard and a half rushing, I mean, that's – where's the infantry? Where did they go? Uh, first few games of the year, we ran the ball and – Threw the ball with a good blend, and now there is no blend. Now it's throw the ball and throw it again. And on third and one, we'll probably throw it. And on fourth and one, well, we'll try Benny Snell, but it, it, it's frustrating. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't like it, but when at six inches you are uh, in the goal line, uh, you, you I, I just don't like it. Uh, there's uh, – uh, Challenge in the running game, and they don't come off the ball. Yeah, I mean that that was painfully obvious. You know, um, you you just roll the tape, and you look at, and this is what's disheartening. You see high pad levels. I mean, just high pad levels. That says everything. You know, you can't roll a man back if you're chest to chest with him. Yeah. Coach Knoll said over and over, it's under and up, under and up, and that's just it's something that you've got to get back to. Sometimes. You know, the thing about it is when you get away from the pad work during the week, 
and this is what's been happening. Think about it. All the COVID intensive weeks, well, you've got Zoom meetings, you've got lack of intense practices. You lose some of your fundamental basics. Why do you think we've been having problems hanging on to the football? You know, I mean, that's been more and more of a problem. Well, maybe if you're not able to get to the jugs gun or not spend as much time on the jugs gun or catching, you know, the balls from quarterbacks, things of that nature, um, those things, they can become habitual. And yeah. they can, they're like, a, they're like a yawn. They catch on, you know, and other people get infected by it. And the same thing happens with pad level. Chuck Knoll always used to talk about Everybody's pad levels getting a little too high. We got to get back to basics. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, what, what? Same foot, same shoulder. Right, right. You roll off the the same foot, and you headbutt, and you br- you bring your fist up to the ribs and uh, move them uh, right. move them off the ball. You've got to impose your will on the will of the defensive lineman. Look at the film and see if you were pushing a car, would you have that body lang- that body language? If you're all right, you're out of gas. You got to push the car, right? How do you do it? I'd call you. you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that was brilliant. Well, you Missy. know what? You good. know what, Missy? We used to push the car. Well, we did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. literally for workouts, right. we would push a car because it teaches you that natural body angle and that core of steel you got to have to be able to move a man from A to B against his will. To right. Quote the great Russ Grimm, who was quoting the great Joe Moore. So, so if you're Sean, Sean Surratt this week, if you're Coach Tomlin, what are you doing to try to go back to those basics other than stating the obvious, as you said, working with the pads, uh, better ball drills for the wide receivers? What are you doing? We're parking cars, baby. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> We're out there pushing them into the, in the parking lot. You know, but. Missy, when we used to play, we did Oklahoma drill. And uh, one-on-one – uh, block the guy. But they um, can't do that Yeah, that they, they can't do that anymore. Well, and part of it is the COVID intensive. Are they out of it yet? Uh, See, the that's... entire league is under it for the remainder of the season. Okay. Because they, they found, you know, based on all of the tracking and the tracing of the players and everything, that having okay. less time together in meeting rooms and whatnot was helping keep the virus out. And then if somebody did have it, there was less chance to spread it on to a teammate. Yeah, well, you know what? So... Go out to the parking lot and park some cars right. yeah, the, the, without keys. <laughs> you want you you want to come off the ball and you want to headbutt uh, the defensive lineman and you want to uh, bring your fists up in the ribs and uh, you know they don't do that anymore. Billy, we're we're talking about the run game a lot too, but Coach said today he had his weekly press conference just the fluidity of this offense. It just hasn't felt right. Um, I don't know if maybe it was the Cincinnati game was the last time where we were like, okay, they're working on all cylinders and no one will use the excuses of having guys injured, uh, guys on the COVID list in terms of just specifically the Steelers offense. But what, what would you use to describe what we're seeing right now? We're seeing a, a lack of confidence. Uh, and as Tunch and Wolf point out, it starts up front. But, you know, the drops, how many were there yesterday? At least seven, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and I looked at the targets, and, and the, this was the difference between the two football teams. The, the Washington football team had a total of 44 targets, 31 completions. So that means 13 were not successful. The Pittsburgh Steelers had 53 targets and the completions were 33. That's 20 empty targets. Too many. And, you know, I, I saw the drops. 
And especially when you're running those, you know, crossing patterns, the stuff underneath, you got to make that play. That's a routine play. Yeah. There's nobody on you. And, you know, I, I think it just takes the wind out of the sails when that happens. So, okay, we're, we're hollering about the run game and complaining about it. But, you know, to get the fluidity, you got to be able to do both with confidence. And I don't see it. You know, and Alex Smith uh, uh, set up quickly and got the got rid of the ball quickly, and he uh, he dumped it on his guys. He threw uh, to the running backs, and uh, you know he's a West Coast uh, quarterback. And he took some hits. I mean, yeah. the guy took some hits. You give him a lot of credit. He's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stayed in there, kept his head, didn't lose it. And uh, he delivered the ball when he had to deliver the ball. Uh, it wasn't like he wasn't being pressured. But he certainly uh, came through, and his receivers came through for him when he had to. Yeah, when, and, and he taped uh, uh, his uh, calf. Yeah, you his know, bloody he, leg. Yeah. That, that yeah, that viral. was in the, what, the yeah. front of the shin. Yeah. Looks like uh, somebody spiked him or something, and you'll have that. on. As, to quote the late, great Mike Webster, you'll have that on big jobs <laughs> like this. And, and you know what? He, he uh, hooked up with Logan Thomas several times. Well, and, and that's what I'm looking at here. Uh, Thomas had nine targets, nine catches. McKissick had ten targets, ten catches. The Steelers had nobody with a perfect record in that regard. Yeah. And that's the difference between the two teams last night. Right. Well, and also for the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson, who came in with 11 touchdowns, had that toe injury, and he was out early too. So the Steelers' defense wasn't, you know, even having to deal with him that much. But another thing, sticking with the Steelers' um, offense, coach said today, we will do anything that's required for us to find the fluidity that we once had. He was very clear that if guys can't catch the ball – they will go to someone who can. What is something else, in your op- opinion, Billy, that they could potentially look at to say, okay, it's we're heading into week 14, but we have to fix this? Boy, that's a tough question, yeah. especially with the COVID thing. You can't sign anybody off the street. You can't bring in a guy who was here last year without having to go through that whole process. And so for the Bills game, you're pretty much stuck with the same people. Positive tests not included. And by the way, uh, that's encouraging. We haven't seen it nationally or uh, locally or in the state of Pennsylvania, but in the NFL, the uh, positive tests were down considerably from one week to this week. And I think that's a good sign, but let's face it, all these teams are in bubbles, and even our families aren't necessarily in bubbles or stay in bubbles. So, you know, maybe that's the answer. Keep people separate. You know, I. Uh... I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm appalled at the uh, drops. You know, oh. you know the, these guys, they're they're great hands, and they drop the ball. There's no question about it. Look, it's a matter of focus, a matter of keeping that concentration. It's, you know, it's also like I said, it, success begets success, as Chuck has said over and over. Right. Well, the reverse of that is true, also, that a lack of success begets a lack, a lack of success. And sure. when you get guys starting to drop the ball, other guys will press thinking, oh, I, I got to make sure I catch the ball, and they start to press, and it becomes a problem. The difference between I can do that or what's going to happen next. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing. You know, one of the receivers last night looked at his hands. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe the problem isn't just your hands. Maybe the problem's above the neck as well. You know, and until you fix that, 
the hands aren't going to do what you tell them. I just think that uh, the lack of being able to get physically get out on the field and have a lot of repetitions, catch the ball, catch and tuck, catch and tuck, catch and tuck. I mean, football is very much a repetitive game of fundamentals. Right. Which you know this as well as I yeah. do. We would spend time, despite the fact we had two and a half hours of practice on a Wednesday, we would go and practice more afterwards with somebody getting some one-on-ones. Right. Just get the one-on-ones. Just so I can, all I can remember, I can punch, I can rip to rack, so I, I come off, I put my forehead where I need to, I roll over the front, uh, you know, grab ch- chest pads, ask things like that. Pass protection on Thursday. All right, I, one-on-one. Hey, I got a fast guy. This guy does this and that. Make sure you give me this type of move. And you just practice punch, practice punch. And you do that. Yeah. And the most successful players, as Chuck always said, it's not the ones that, that do great things. It's the ones who do the fundamental things right, fundamentally, right. And, and better than other guys. And, and you know what? Uh, you, you, uh, you get a guy to practice with after the practice, and uh, you go to Chili Bowl. Give me a, a – Robin a, Cole, a, he's talking a, about. Yeah, <laughs> give me a Reggie White look. Yeah. And uh, and you get that look from yeah me. yeah. All right, guys, it is time for our IBEW electrifying moment of the game, brought to you by IBEW Local Number Five. Wolf, I cannot let you go first. This streak is right, broken. Right, it's broken. So, Tunch, we'll let you go first on this one. What was your electrifying moment of the game yesterday in the Steelers' twenty-three to seventeen loss? Um, James Washington. Uh, I I love him. Uh, And, uh, you know, if I was Ben, I'd throw to him more because uh, he's got great hands and he's getting open and he's uh, uh, and and he's uh, uh, go down. He can get down the uh, sideline. He's not been infected by the dropsies, right? And he sheds defenders. And he did that on that play. I'd almost have to agree with that electrifying moment of the game, um, unless you want to talk about uh, the officials handling the clock at the end of the first half. We <laughs> Let's talk about you know, it. Well, it'll, it'll sound like we're using as an excuse. What amazes me is the fact that that crew of officials missed the big picture totally, Yeah. but they caught Cam Hayward for standing over the center. Yeah, that's true. That's a true word. That blows my mind. But that's the way it can, it can happen. But, okay. It, and hey, Alex g- Smith g- claimed he had no idea what was happening either. Well, and here's, Wait a minute. here's he, what he's I— He's the one that took the ball off, right? Yeah, he took the game ball and off. And he had Wait no minute, idea don't that you have, what was happening? Don't you have more than one game ball? Or is the league in a frugal period well, right Well, you've now? got to have the K-ball, right? You've got to bring the K-ball out for the kicking. That's well, then that's not on. Alex Smith's fault. No, but he, he took the ball with him. You're not supposed to oh, do he, that. Was it the K-ball? No, I understood he took the regular ball, and they, and somebody else had the K-ball, right? Because they were supposed to bring that out for the kicking. They, they now are that. using the same one in that situation. So oh. they don't take oh, – I don't the, know. So What's they the don't K-ball? have to stop the clock. Correct. The, the kicking ball. Yeah, the yeah. pumpkin, as opposed to that hard thing that is a coppery dart – in the autumnal skies. Yeah, know, it, it's just, a different game. I understand. And I little, can, oh, the yeah. look on your face speaks volumes. <laughs> Too bad this isn't television. Oh, no. no All right. We'd be censored. <laughs> we made you go last this time. Hopefully this will uh, help the Steelers, your IBEW electrifying moment of the game, Wolf. Well, I was talking about earlier when I was asking you what quarter it was, but in the second quarter when 
the uh, riverboat Ron went trickeration, went fourth and one, and they came with jet motion, and they handed off with Logan Thomas stepping behind the center to hand off to J.D. McKissick. And Mike Hilton was right there and blew the whole thing yeah. up. And I was sitting there going, you got to be kidding me. What a great play because he ducked inside. I think it was Dontrell Inman or Kent Sims, one of the big wide receivers who was right. there to block him. And Hilton made a great play, and it's like Terrell Edmonds says, you know, he may be 5'9 and 194, but when he plays in a tax line of scrimmage, he's 6'2", two, 2 and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and the Steelers definitely missed him when he was out with that shoulder injury. Right. So glad that yes. he is back into the mix as well. We'll talk a lot more about the Steelers' defense, those injuries, much more about the Steelers' offense as well. Ben Roethlisberger gave them a B or B-minus grade for their performance yesterday. I want you guys to put your teachers' hats on. We will talk about that much more when the point after continues. Back to the point after on DVE. At the 45 in Pittsburgh territory, Ben in the gun, throws it to the left flat. No, that is James Washington. And he steps out of one, steps out of two. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10, into the end zone for a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown of 55 yards. Ben Roethlisberger hits Washington, made Kendall Fuller miss, and then made the free safety Everett miss, and the rest is 55-yard history. Welcome back to The Point After, everyone. That was Tunch's electrifying moment of the game, James Washington's touchdown. I am joined, of course, by Bill Hilgrove, Tunch Oaken, and Craig Wolfley. And guys, Ben Roethlisberger said they need to get James Washington involved a little bit more in the Steelers' offense. We saw that yesterday, but Ben did say after the game, Billy, he would give the offense a B or a B-. minus. Put your professor hat on. What are you giving them? Oh, boy. Uh if I could overlook the fact that they threw the ball 53 times and had 20 empty targets, and that's tough to overlook, I, I got to go less than a B. But, you know, Ben's going to defend his guys, and I understand that. Meanwhile, that announcer didn't know what yard line the ball was on. <laughs> Obviously, they were playing in Canada, my friend. <laughs> He's at the 50, the 55. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I would give him a D. Uh, you know, when, uh, one of the things that uh, A.B. did is A.B., every time he took the field, he took the field as if no one has seen him play. And he, uh, uh, he caught the ball, and he was so competitive, and he always took the ball to the goal line. And uh, he, he, uh, after practice, he was always catching the jugs. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, that that was why A.B. was such a great player. There's truth in that. I mean, Franco used to do the same thing. Yeah. Franco would go 80 yards, touchdown. He said, yeah, I want to make it a habit. Yeah. Um, the fact is, regardless of whether you're, you're doing it in practice and so forth, right now the offense is not clicking. The running game is not happening. Yeah. Um, you, you've got way too many drops. I think that's, what, 14 or 13 drops 15. in the last two weeks. Oh, 15? Yep. <laughs> Again, I – don't do math well. Yeah. That's why I played offensive when you only got to count to three. <laughs> so, so um, you know, given that, uh, you, you got to look at this in, in a D, C minus, something like that. I mean, right. you just cannot have those drops. You can't have a lack of a running game. If you can't punch it in in five cracks from inside the one, as Mike Tomlin said, you don't deserve to win the game. I can tell you, there was time. There was times in our career, Chaluch. Right. We didn't do it, and you know what? We didn't. We didn't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you know, and you know it's what? It's a truism. Uh, and he, his point to Franco, 
uh, every time Franco got the ball, he crossed the goal line. And uh, uh, when uh, the immaculate reception was caught, he was uh, running up to uh, the, uh, up to the goal line. Full, yeah. Yeah. yeah, as if he had done it before. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's habitual. Chase Young uh, apparently said after the game on the field, he was talking to someone from NFL Network that, you know, they knew they could do it. Ron Rivera talked them up all week and said Baltimore exposed some things and they were ready for the Steelers' offense. And it really did kind of look like they were uh, really prepared for Ben Roethlisberger and company yesterday. Yep, and uh, I guess uh, Montez Sweat uh, knew exactly what he was doing when he knocked that pass into the air. Uh, He didn't really go after Ben. He just pulled up and waited. Uh, I think I saw uh, something on the Internet today where Sam Hubbard did that uh, when Cincinnati was in town. Right. He just absolutely took two steps and stopped and just waited for Ben and watched his eyes and put the hands up. And yeah. I, we have to solve that problem because if you're going to throw those short passes, you can't get them knocked down. You can't get them altered uh, along the way. Yeah, uh, Chase uh, Young was uh, waiting uh, and Montez uh, uh, Sweat was waiting. But because, uh, you know, uh, Ben has uh, such a quick release, such a quick release, mm-hmm. and he throws short passes. Now and, the, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this, because this is what it's going to get interesting, is based on some of the route combinations or the formations, whether you're 2-2 two and two, or you go 3-1, and one, something like that, you know, I'm beginning to wonder if there's a – statistical reference that creates okay if they're going to be in this alignment you're going to see this short passing game if right if you fall off in a cover two that sort of thing so defensive ends just rush a couple steps and get your hands in the air look at his eyes and i i don't know if there's a correlation there yet but it's something that you got to look at when you know when we played uh when the guys uh jumped up we'd slam them well, yeah, exactly. It was a 40 passing game. You right. cut them or We'd when they jumped in the air, you'd throw them down. Um, and that's one of the things, if if you're going to go with a, a short passing game to nullify some of that effect, you've got to threaten them where, um, you know, you want, you're very protective, you, you, <laughs> you know? So if they jump, um, you put your helmet south of the border and get them to get their hands down and they, they will do it. Yeah. You know, I mean... We're living proof of yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you guys you, are being very polite right well, now. Well, you, you, you. But tend, I get what you're saying. Yes, you tend to be ruthless in that sort of situation, and you know that's a, it's a business. You know, it is it is what it is. So. And uh, and we fought. Yeah, well, <laughs> we fought. That, well, that's because people don't like you threatening them with your helmet in the wrong places. <laughs> True, but yeah. don't you think too? Just to help in terms of the run game, the the threat of the deep ball to James Washington more to anybody at this point. That's something that, you know, Ben has said numerous times he still wants to work on. But remember, that wasn't really a deep ball no, to James. No, agreed. You know, that was breaking you know, But he's a guy coverage. that can make Absolutely. that play for There's sure. No question. We just don't see those deep shots. Absolutely. And I think you have to take some of those deep shots. No question. I was wondering, where's Chase? You know, I love, I love watching Chase go deep. You know, I mean, he is one of those guys that – extremely hard when you get that that single safety high and you create something that draws him away and you get chase out of it. We've already seen it. Who was it against? The Houston or was it the the 80 yarder? Tennessee. Was it Tennessee? Yeah. No, it wasn't no. Tennessee. No, it was the Giants. It was the Giants. The 80 Was it? Yeah. No, his first touchdown it was at Heinz Field. It was the Texans. Yeah. Right? I can't remember. Texans. I mean, yeah, Zooks, Texans, yeah. 
Anyhow, it was somebody. I'm questioning the order of the games it's, played earlier in the season. All Man, I can tell you, 2020 has it, been nuts. It was, yeah, it was against somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. And and it was like an 84 yarder. It was a beautiful, beautiful play. And I, I just think you got to try to have a couple more of those shots per game that might uh, help loosen things up. That 84 yarder was his first touchdown. And Chase got to catch the And it was the, the Giants. Chase got to catch the ball. Well, he's yeah, he's had a couple drops like everybody else. Well, he only had four targets, else. two catches. Yeah, but he had the second biggest catch of the day. That one catch Kings. inside the five. We are was all wrong. It was the Broncos. Was I knew it, really? it was at home, but it was the Broncos. There you go. The Texans were after that. That was the Steelers' home opener. Well, Texans ride Broncos, so you know we were close. <laughs> Thank enough. you, Wolf. Thank you. <laughs> we're, I appreciate we're putting it that. together there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Took our, a while. All right. Since we like to talk about the Steelers' O line, guys, third and goal. Are you throwing to Gerald? Hawkins? Wow. You know, everything looked good until Hawk got blown up and got blown backwards. You know, I mean, if you're if you're going to use one of those big ones like that, you he's got to know you can't afford to get blown backwards, and then that puts you laid out into the route, and then the ball is where – because remember, Ben is going to throw to a guy that he – like like a, pro, a professional receiver. Right. And Gerald Hawkins, God bless him. He's but he's not late. a professional no, receiver. No, he's, he's late into the route, and that creates a problem, so – um, I, I would have tried something else. Well, and Hawk was also just coming off the COVID-19 list, so he hadn't practiced in at least 10 days. Was either. that okay? So well, that's that's a tough one. You know, that's a tough one. They look when um wow. You know, you look at that that whole series, that's in the five hit series, right? Yeah. Inside the one. The but the the one that set it up was Benny Snell running from like the five to the one yard line. And I'm telling they brought Chase in as one of those bunch receivers. Right. Chase led up in the hole and had one of the best blocks. He and, and Juju took out the second-level guy, right. and Benny almost scored on that play. And, you know, God bless Chase, but, you know, the guy is strong, and he's tough, and yeah. you can use him a lot like Heinz Ward, I think. Yeah, and uh, he, he uh, volunteers for special teams. Everything, man. Gotta yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. He's All not right. afraid of contact, that's for sure. All right, let's do a little recap of some injuries here since that is the point of the season that we are unfortunately at. Uh, Coach Tomlin said today that Joe Hayden did indeed suffer a concussion. We saw him go out late in the game. <laughs> he is in the concussion protocol. I'm not laughing about that. Tunch's mic's falling down a little bit here. <laughs> what happened there? Uh, wow. Another one to definitely keep an eye on is Robert Spillane with that knee. Coach said still being evaluated. Part of me felt good that it wasn't like a Bud Dupree thing where it was, okay, he's done for the season, but there wasn't any new information. So I'm uh, I'm teetering a little bit about how I feel like that. A lot of national reports are saying that he could be out for a few weeks. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, of course, Steve Nelson missed the game yesterday. That was never a good thing when you didn't have Steve Nelson and Joe Hayden at the same time. He does have a chance to return this week for Sunday Night Football in Buffalo. Chris Boswell obviously missed the game with that hip injury. Participation will be the guide for him per Coach Tomlin. And then James Conner and Marquise Pouncey can both potentially come off the COVID-19 list. So in terms of the run game, Billy, that does make you feel a little bit better if you do get those two guys back. Not that it was perfect when we had them before they went on the list, but got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I think James gives you a presence there that the other right. backs don't. That's why he's the lead dog. Yeah. And so it would be good to get him back, and uh, hopefully uh, he'll have enough practice this week uh, to be ready up in Orchard Park on Sunday night. Yeah, Missy, um, 
What did uh, 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 Mike Tomlin say about Robert Spillane today? He just said that it is a knee injury that's still being evaluated. But the national reports, the ESPNs, and NFL networks are saying he could miss a few weeks. So, I wonder if there was an MCL. You know, he jumped in the air, tipped the ball, yeah, and it yeah. looked like he got uh, cut from the side when he landed. Yeah. And I don't know if his cleat got caught and then it, you know, as he got cut, and that could have stressed the inner ligament or something. Well, but. the scary part about a few weeks is that's the end of the season. Yeah. So, that's, you know, he could yeah, be this gone is until, week 14, right? yeah. until we get to that second season, and we still haven't clinched that yet, have we? Right. No. Boy, and the, and uh, he is uh, so good. He is so physical, and he's got great range, and he's got great coverage. And, uh, you know, we, we, we love Robert Spillane. Well, and he's uh, part of the Bash Brothers. Okay. He's, you know, the thing is, too, I mean, picking up Avery Williamson was almost prescient. I mean, it's almost like, well, you, you know, led you, you had in tackles a, yesterday. What's that? He led yeah. you in oh, tackles yesterday. So, But, I mean, just picking him up, trading for him, right. I mean, wow, that was – who could have known this would happen? And know? they have slowly been integrating him into the Steelers' defense. He played a few more snaps, obviously, against the Ravens last week. Yesterday, he had no choice. But like you said, Billy, uh, you know, I did a show earlier with Arthur Motes, and he said that was the silver lining for him. You lose Spillane, and you don't like that. But Avery Williamson got to take some snaps to be part of what was happening with the Steelers' defense, and they're probably going to have to call on him. I, I can't imagine – based on what the reports are right now that Robert Spillane's playing Sunday night. So. Avery, Avery led them at tackles. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The other thing I did go back and look in my roster moves folder, which is very long this year due to COVID and, you know, just everything. <laughs> but um, Sears catalog. You, yeah. Yuli Gilbert was, you know, placed on IR with that back injury on November 4th. So he could potentially be coming back to the Steelers. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything and no one asked Coach Tomlin about it, but. At least that's some depth, another body. Um, but, True. you know, to not practice for that long. And somebody who can play special teams. Yeah. And when your depth gets really tested at scrimmage, then you draw people from the special teams. And that right. can be that can be disastrous, too. So right. you have to think about it. There's that. a giant sucking sound of people leaving the <laughs> yeah. special teams. And, right. and Bron yeah, no, I, I got you. People have to step up. It's... A, that process of one guy goes down. Now think about it. And your your top five linebackers, this could be the third guy yeah. going down. I mean, wow. Yeah, That's... you know, you know, when I was uh you know, my rookie year, I didn't play any uh plays from scrimmage, but I was on the special teams. I was on every special teams. And uh I, I loved it. I loved uh uh running down on the kickoff and getting a 40-yard headbutt and uh, pummeling the guys. Well, it, special teams where you make your bones. It's like yeah. Mike Tomlin always says, do you pay your rent on the special teams until yeah. you become one of the two deep or one of the guys, you know, out, out starting. And that was the day of the wedge, yeah. which we don't see anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I was the wedge breaker. And, and those onside kicks were – Adventures in Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. But no, no longer because of the number of people who are allowed on that side of the ball. It's just, yeah. it's like I can only tell you, I had one experience with onside kick in San Diego on Monday Night Football, my rookie year, last game of the year. 
That ball bounced, and all I could think about was, no. <laughs> it's coming right <laughs> at me. Slow-mo. It was and, in slow-mo. And, you know, and I got an onside kick, but uh, oh. it was drilled at me, and it stuck in my armpit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that. All I could think about was, well, no. no. <laughs> and when I, when I, I clapped my hands together <laughs> to catch the ball, and the first headhunter hit me right between the eyes. <laughs> It didn't end well. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to take one more break here on the point after when we return. Much more talk about the Steelers defense. The first game without Bud Dupree. How did Alex Highsmith do? And also the Steelers tying the sack record. All that and much more when we return. Back to the point after on DVE. Twins to the wide side right. Smith, Steelers show blitz. They bring it. And a pocket collapses. He's hit, and he's sacked back at the 25-yard line. T.J. Watt with yet another sack. He came in leading the NFL with 11. That's number 12 for number 90. Welcome back to The Point After Everybody. Missy Matthews, Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley. T.J. Watt doing T.J. Watt-type things. Coach Tomlin said knowing TJ and what he does on the field first game without his tandem partner Bud Dupree that he does not need anybody to help his play but we are just kind of you know discussing some things off the air before we came back from the commercial and TJ still did those things that was actually his first forced fumble he had eight last year first one this season uh, which is kind of surprising just the knack that he has of making life miserable for opposing offenses but the force fumble, I think he wanted to kind of pick it up and maybe run and try to do a little too much there yesterday, Billy. And then you were also mentioning the holding call. Yeah, that really hurt because and, – and if you watch the replay, he did reach out and turn the guy's pads. And yeah, officials are taught to look for the pad turning, and, you know, they had to call it. So instead of stopping on – what was it? Fourth down, I believe. It, yeah. It's first and goal. Do you know how many of those defensive guys held me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I turned all the time. Yeah. Well, you know what? what, They held you in high esteem. Yeah. They held you in high esteem. And uh, uh, when uh, you're going on the second level, uh, the defensive linemen hold you. They do tend to do that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Not that we'd uh, hold them. TJ, I don't think TJ needs uh, Bud Dupree. Uh, TJ was, uh, he's got a sack uh, yesterday, and he is a... Uh, he is such a great pass rusher, and he's such a hungry guy, and he just uh, struggles and uh, uh, pursues the, the quarterback. Six tackles, that one sack you just heard there coming in. Two tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, and one force fumble. You know, it's amazing everything that he accomplishes right. and everything that he does. When I was talking to Terrell Edmonds today, I said, Terrell, you guys going to bag on him because it looked like he was going to try to scoop and score, you know? Oh, and, no doubt. And uh, he said, uh, no, nobody really says anything to him. <laughs> <laughs> he makes so many great plays, you know. If, if he's just trying to make a big play because the offense is struggling and things of that nature, he's going to do it. He is that big-time player. What did we see from Alex Highsmith yesterday, uh, knowing that he was going to be a starter? And they've now had three rookie starters, Chase Claypool, Kevin Dotson earlier this year, and now Alex Highsmith. I th- I thought he did very well. Right. You know, I don't think that he, 
you know, it was no big, significant, uh, earth-shattering plays, but I thought he was consistently in position. He didn't look like uh, he was out of position at any time. Uh, a couple of things, a guy tried to cut him on a screen, uh, uh, Morgan Moses, or no, 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 that was uh, Cornelius Lucas. And, uh, you know, he dodged that, got turned around and, and caught the back from behind. I thought uh, he... He did a good, solid job, and I think he's going to grow. It's You know, the whole thing about it is you've got to drive a stake into the ground and you start from somewhere. You've got to have somewhere to start from, and I think this was his somewhere to start from. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, he's got a great spin move. He does he's have a good a spin great move. He's got a great spin move, and he's got, a, uh, uh, he's got great hands, and he's got a great bull rush. And but he's got his, game brains. You yeah, watch him out there. Yeah. He's not befuddled by the – combinations of, of, you know, whatever they send out in personnel and, and by, you know, what he sees from his one-third spot out there on the outside linebacker. He's he's very cognizant, very decisive in what he's doing. You know, when he sta- when they stacked him uh, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, he attacked. And, I, I, I you know, he attacked like TJ did. Mm-hmm. The thing that Keith Butler was asked about Alex Highsmith this week, he said, you know, he's one of those guys you don't have to tell him something twice. He learns from it. Same thing he said about T.J. Watt. But, Billy, when you look at the Steelers' defense, um, and another quick note on T.J. Watt, 32 sacks in 31 career home games. Wow. I mean. That's amazing. Just crazy. But the ba- the battle of attrition is starting to, I think, wear on the Steelers' defense when the offense is not being fluid on offense, not possessing the ball. Uh, the defense, you could tell even T.J. Watt towards the latter portions of the game was having to go out. So you had Alex Highsmith and Ola Adani in there at outside linebacker. Um, you know, you got Stephon to it back, but, you know, Bud Dupree's out for the rest of the season. Steve Nelson didn't play. You lose Joe Hayden in the second half. You lose Robert Spillane. It does feel like it's starting to add up a little bit. Well, you, know? and you, ha- you have people playing out of their right. normal position. Uh, Cam Sutton is a slot corner. Yeah. Then all of a sudden he's out on the island. Right. And that takes a period of adjustment. So, you know, I, ultimately that you have to pay the price. I was amazed when I looked at the time of possession. Right. Uh, it was only a minute apart. It felt worse. Yeah, it did. (laughs) It did, especially that drive that started the third quarter. Six minutes and 40-some seconds. My goodness. But, again, one play I'd like to have back, third and 14, and they get that screen pass down the sideline for, what, 31 yards. And then you say, "Uh uh-oh, there's a, you know, there's a, there's something going on here that we don't like. And, and, And if you think that, and I'm sure the Steelers' defense did in a way, uh, the other team says, "Hey, we can beat these guys." Yeah. Well, Ola Denny, he is uh, my camp phenom. <laughs> is he, he a camp phenom right when he got when the he holding call that. too? He <laughs> sneers at Wolf when he says that. Yes. Now the thing about it, and what I I I, I really start I I felt in that third quarter was we started to see the heavy legs. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah. okay, now we're starting to see guys that are what this is the third game and. 12 days or something like that. It was ridiculous. Least amount. Um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of uh, playing and, uh, and, and not much resting. And you've got Washington coming in. They were on a nine or 10 day rest. Um, yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. They played on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, that feels like forever ago. <laughs> it does. You know, so I, I just felt like in that third quarter on that drive, especially since you, you highlighted that screen, 
there was everybody was like manning a a lane to cut off their gap on that screen, but nobody was making the, the you know the the tackle. You know, no, it was just making people, the play. Yeah, and it just it looked like tired legs to me. Coach Tomlin says nobody feels sorry for us. And, no, you know I I've heard that many times, and I'm, but I'm thinking. You know, they handicap horse racing. You know, they put lead in the jockey's saddles to certain horses have to carry so much weight. If a team has a nine-day rest and the other team is working on five days or four days, can't you, like, in some plays you have 11 against 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a stupid thought, and I have a bunch of those. But, you know, stupid works for me. I love it. (laughs) Wolf's like, I like this. We should propose this. I like it, yes. That would get very confusing. Um, Matthew Wright filling in yesterday. Two extra points, a 37-yard field goal, and then with 4.57 left in the game, a tied game. The Steelers could have went for that 45-yard field goal. Obviously, we know that was not the choice that they made. Uh, Matthew Wright was somebody that was with the Steelers in training camp 2019, so that would have been back in Latrobe. That's how I I remember training camps these days. Mm. Um, Billy, good decision. What you would have done, I know hindsight's 20-20. I don't think you put a kicker who is subbing for the short time or short term. I don't think you put him in that situation. I I just – and we watched the warm-ups. He right. does not have Boswell's he, leg. He was not uh, – he, he didn't have a big leg. He's a Lancaster kid. You right. know that. Mm-hmm. And he also, at UCF, kicked 153 straight extra points, which the college extra point is not the same as the NFL. Lancaster? So is he Amish? <laughs> I, I didn't ask him. That's from the Amish community. That's where we got our puppy, Toto. Yeah, yeah. We got out, out there from – He's from Amish. A, yeah, an Amish – uh, Shorky, that's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Just, I don't know why that was important. It popped into my Same head. Same high school as Matt Filer. Oh, really? Lampeter Strasburg. I think I've heard this conversation before. Didn't didn't we we talked about it um, off the, the before, before the pregame show yesterday? See, I told you, stupid works for me. Monday night. I know it's confusing. Today is Tuesday. It I is almost it? said it's. Oh. It, I almost said it's not a victory Monday, but it's not even Monday. <laughs> it's not a victory Monday. <laughs> that's for sure. All right, you guys know I'm obsessed with the Steelers' sack uh, streak going on, so uh, let's do some nitty-gritty numbers here, shall we? Um, The Steelers yesterday, it was Robert Spillane, actually, who made sure the Steelers had 69 consecutive games with at least one sack, tying Tampa Bay, the longest streak in NFL history. Uh, James Harrison started it for them back in 2016, taking down Joe Flacco. Now, that feels like a long time ago when Mm. you talk about 2016, but – 236 sacks during the streak, which to me is just crazy. There have only been nine games with only one sack and then 31 games with four or more sacks. you got to be kidding me. You know, I, that's I, remarkable. Uh, Missy, did you hear the rumors uh, that uh, uh, James Harris is coming back? I did see, and I, Billy and I were laughing about this last week. He was showing videos of him with Dr. Bradley getting his knees checked out. And, you know, he still posts those workout videos, but. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, when he tackled that guy. No, oh, you're talking about the On television. Oh, the fan- on the television. commercial, yeah. Out in, oh, out the, in the yard. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's frightening. I thought oh, you were talking great. about that fan. Wasn't that in uh, Cleveland? Remember who ran oh, onto the field? Yeah. When, when, yeah. when he uh, uh, tackled the goofball ran out there. That's yeah. where my head went. That's what happens when you wander into Mister Harrison's neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was. You know what? So if he goes funny. to the other end of the bench, probably a gendarme would have cuffed him, and off he goes. But 
Yeah. He got on the wrong side of the Steelers bench. And I, 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 James has talked about it. He said, I waited till I sensed that he didn't know I was coming after him. Oh, he didn't <laughs> and know. And he said, I got him good. And Billy, he, I was like 10 yards them. away from there. I was down there just watching. I'm watching. I saw James walk up behind him just very, and the guy was doing his, you know, taking a bow oh, and yeah. everything. Taking and it was moment. a nice belly-to-back suplex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the best part about that was, as I recall, that was Christmas weekend. Yeah. It was Christmas Eve. And, and, right. that, and that guy uh, that guy was in jail, so he missed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And he also missed Monday because the, the jail was all closed up. You know, there was no judges. <laughs> <laughs> so he was there for like three or four days. It we was... all remember what he did, but no one remembers his name. Maybe people no. in Cleveland do, but, no. you know. He's no. just a fan that James Harrison tackled. Uh, some interesting news. Uh, Des Bryant has tweeted, the, of course, the Ravens playing tonight against the Dallas Cowboys due to all the shifting. He has tested positive for COVID-19, found out during warm-ups. They pulled him off the field. Oh, uh, wow. Kickoff is just a few minutes away at this point. Uh, just Another crazy uh, moment where you go, okay, this is, you know, football in 2020. So uh, that will be interesting to see. Of course, Des would have got a chance to play against his former team, which I'm sure uh, he would have loved nothing more to do. Um, he was in warm-ups, and, and they pulled him they off pulled the him field? Off. They said he found out in warm-ups he tested positive for COVID-19 just wow. minutes before kickoff. <laughs> He's out there sweating and going, <laughs> yeah, now I know why. <laughs> oh, Just my goodness. nuts. But that is okay. This, we'll watch that game tonight. Of course, the Browns are two games behind the Steelers now. But to make everyone feel better, uh, according to NFL Research, 11-1 teams, a 100% chance to make the playoffs, 100% chance to win the division, and 16.7% chance, three out of 18, to win the Super Bowl. So there is still hope. Oh, there's always hope. Yeah, there there's always hope. But you know, you one a, of the things you got a puncher's chance. Well, man. Uh, we don't want uh, the undefeated. Uh, we want the Super Bowl. That is and, correct. And that now that comes into focus, right? It it's it's as real as it can be. Yeah. Forget it. You know. Okay. The who was it? Uh, one of the Miami backs celebrated. Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka. He celebrated uh, because that. Undefeated yep. thing have is gone. 1972 doesn't have did to he, worry. Did he have some bubbly? <laughs> I imagine he did. <laughs> or a cigar. All but, right, that is going to do it for the point after tonight, everybody. Steelers at the Buffalo Bills Sunday Night Football. We'll be back here on Monday at 7 p.m. Have a great weekend.